This is Real Business in Real Time with executive coach, Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Learn what C-suite execs and business leaders have learned in the real-time, real-world school of hard knocks. And now, here's your host, Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Hi, everybody. This is Mark Hinderleiter. Welcome to Real Business in Real Time. This is a podcast about our experiences from the school of hard knocks. And today, uh, my guest is Harry Flaris. Harry lives in Chicagoland. Uh, he's a graduate of Purdue University, so if you don't know Purdue, he's a boilermaker. <laughs> Harry's also a husband and a father of two teenagers, so God bless him. <laughs> you know, Harry's been a senior executive on the sales side in, in the corporate world for 20, 25 years. And now he's a consultant and started his own firm called Inspiration with Flair, which is a great name. And what they do is help companies build high-performing sales and customer service teams. So welcome to the show, Harry. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Mark. And having two teenagers, especially in the uh, time of uh, COVID-19, is the school of hard knocks, believe me. Yes, no playbook for that, right? <laughs> there, is, there is no playbook for this. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, you know, t- here's a couple of things I really admire about your experience and, and really why I want to kind of visit with you is because you have been that corporate guy at a high level in a senior leadership role for 25 years. And there's just no substitute for that kind of experience, right? And now you're on the consulting side. So you've seen business from the inside, you've seen business from that objective third-party consultant. And that really, my experience is like yours, it really rounds out kind of how we, how we see the world and how we experience business. But here's the thing that I really like you have built high-performing virtual teams long before it was in vogue. Everybody's trying to do that right now and doing their best, right? I mean, that's what people are doing. People are either working from home uh, as an individual contributor or they're trying to lead a team from home as a manager, as a leader. And like we said, there's not a great playbook for that, but you have been doing that for a dozen years. So I really wanted to kind of tap into your experience because I think our listeners will will really benefit from your 12 years or so of leading remote teams before it was in vogue. So let's talk about that. Uh, Just kind of take us through your journey of starting with a remote team, how you figured it out, and then kind of what you ended up uh, deciding on is best practices. This is really what it takes to build a remote team. Thanks, Mark, again, for, for having me today. Uh, the, the, the interesting part of building a remote team is, uh, is kind of no different than what everybody is experiencing right now. When I, when I first started 12 years ago and got thrown into the deep end, basically, yeah. of building a remote, a remote team, just like everyone's, you know, kind of what's happened to them now. It was something that I've never done before. I've always was always used to a brick and mortar location, having an office location. The organization that I was with, uh, we made a decision to shut down all of our uh, brick and mortar offices to take everybody remote. Okay, and the the key thing that I would say to you then that's true now is leadership. If uh, the one thing that COVID-19 has done, Mark, okay, it has, along with a good economy, by the way, it has masked 
a lot of poor leaders, okay? And COVID-19 has unmasked a lot of things, okay, uh, with organizations uh, in terms of their leadership. Building a, a virtual team is really no different than building a brick and mortar team, except, okay, there's more, there's more focus, right? There is, there is more focus on communication. There is more focus on engaging with your team. There's more focus on making sure that you are uh, hiring the right people, that you have culture carriers throughout your organization that you've hired. Uh, and, and if you do not have the leadership structure in place to make this happen, you will fail miserably at it, especially, Mark, a command and control type of leader, okay? They're going to struggle in a virtual situation. Talk more about that, will you, Harry? I think I get where you're going, but I'd like to hear 10 of your thoughts about why command and control is not well-suited to virtual. Well, you have to trust your team, right? You, ha you have to, and as I like to say, you're in the trust economy now, especially. And a lot of uh, leaders who work in a brick-and-mortar location, they feel insecure unless they have all of their team right in front of them. If they feel insecure, if they can't micromanage every detail of their business, they tend to want to manage processes. They want to manage data. And in a virtual situation, you're less about managing data, less about managing processes, more about leading people. And that's where the behavior is. It's less about a transactional approach and more about a transformational approach. And if you do not have leaders that are suited to make this happen, you are going to struggle immensely. Yeah, I kind of see that in my executive coaching practice, too. This COVID-19 thing is a great big spotlight, isn't it? That what I see is with one of my clients, the spotlight on the leadership team and the culture shows a very healthy, strong leadership team and healthy culture. And so they are looking good under that spotlight. Right. Uh, you know, the other side of the coin is kind of what you said. Some leaders, some cultures, some companies are getting exposed. Uh, because it's not well suited to the dyna the dynamics of a virtual workforce. Well, let's let's kind of peel that back a little bit, right? Yeah. So, yeah. If you'll invite me on to tell a quick story, uh, sure. I um, the first home that I ever bought in Chicago, okay, was a townhouse, and I was out of college and kind of had a you know a, a, my first serious job. Right. And they had a little bit of money and I was with my realtor and we were going to this townhouse and she passed by a, uh, a multi-million dollar single family home and it was and it had her sign in front of it. And I said, wow, that's your listing. And she says, you want to see it? And I said, absolutely. And, and we went in there and it was this beautiful multi-million dollar home that was was bare. Right. I mean, marble floors. You could hear the echo from your voice in it. It was absolutely stunning. And I said, why is this home for sale? Is it is it brand new? It looks like no one's ever lived here. And she was telling me that someone bought the home and he was a, a doctor and she was a lawyer and they were married for 20 years and they built this home. It took them a year to build it. And after six months of living in it, they divorced. And I said, well, I, I don't want to know why. It's not my business. She says, no, I'll, I'll tell you why. She said, this was their goal. This was their dream. This was the crowning glory of all their hard work. And once they got in it, they realized 
that their lives were still empty, that this was not fulfilling to them. Okay. Now, I, I never forgot that story, Mark, and I've kept it with me my entire life is because too many leaders think that what culture is about is is Starbucks coffee, is game rooms, you know, is, is ping pong tables and game rooms and snacks and beverages and, and views of, of, of the ocean or the lake, you know, or whatever the case may be, Color, colorful, comfy furniture. That's what they think culture is. That's what they think is going to attract people, okay? Now what happens? You get into COVID-19 and everybody winds up remote, okay? Now you're going to find out what kind of culture you have, because those are not the things that really drive people. Okay, having people's back, having empathy, having trust. Okay, engaging with people in in communication that says, I have your back. Those are the things that build a personal family. Those are things that build a work family. If you don't have those things, it doesn't matter where you are. Okay, you're going to fail now in a virtual environment, you talk about a spotlight, the light becomes bright because now, okay, it's all about leadership. It's all about engagement. It's all about about tone. It's all about, you know, tasting your words before you spit them out when you have conversations with people. It is all about really focusing on, on human beings. And so I'll give you one small example a lot of people, they go through this as they learn to be in a virtual world. I used to see people at the corporate office when uh, when they used to Google chat someone and they would say to a sales rep, I need your sales commission sheet by 4 p.m. today. Please send it to me. And I would, in, you know, kind of have a talk with them and say, hey, is is that how you... You know, when you when you talk to somebody the first time, when you see them, okay, you say good morning if you bump into them in a the hallway. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? Okay. Happy, you know, Tuesday. Hope you had a nice evening. What's going on, right? You have some small talk. This is what people do, right, in an office location. Why does that stop? And I don't care if it's in a chat. I don't care if it's on a video call. You know, I don't care if it's on a phone call. It doesn't really matter. People have to be, you know, have to take that same level of human interaction, okay, and transfer it into the virtual world. And just like on a Friday afternoon where, you know, people like to engage on a Friday afternoon and they, as I like to say, they like to leave people in a better place than they found them in. You know, it's always good to have a good coaching conversation at the end of the day. Send somebody into the weekend, you know, with some really good thoughts. Don't ever let anybody stew in any kind of negative emotions whatsoever, right? Okay, virtual world is no different. You still have to have those type of of bump into you Friday afternoon. Hey, let's let's sit around and chat and see what you're doing for the weekend. What are you doing with your wife, your kids? You know, your kids have a game. All the things that you used to do in an office environment, you still have to have those types of conversations in a virtual environment. The, the, the only difference is, Mark, is that you got to work at it, right? It takes a lot more work. It takes a lot more time. And and one thing, I I think I mentioned this to you when we talked um, last week, is that 
in a virtual world, you know, it's less about the clock. It's less about time. In an office environment, it's all about the clock. It's all about 8.30, 5 o'clock, you know, having a physical presence within an office. Now that's all gone away. It's all about performance. It's all about results. It's less about time because, you know, when I first started and I was building a virtual team, I had people on the West Coast when, you know, when they needed me and it was 8 o'clock my time, it was 6 o'clock their time. And they were just ending their day. And they needed to talk to me and they needed support. I needed to be there for them. Just like if somebody on the East Coast was calling me at 7.30 in the morning, then with 6.30 my time, I needed to be there to support them also. So the one thing about being virtual, this is always the misnomer. And if you talk to people, they'll laugh and they'll tell you, oh, I'm discovering this. People think that that uh, somehow working virtual is a walk in the park, right? And, it, and it's, you know, you kind of, everyone's working in their pajamas, you know, yada, yada, yada. This must be easy street working virtually. It's just the opposite. You are more engaged if you're really leading correctly. You're more engaged with people. You are uh, communicating with them at a highly personal level, okay? And as I've mentioned to you also, when you're on a team call, <laughs> you are the focus. Every eye on that team call is on you. Because yep. unlike, you know, when you're in a in a boardroom or you're in a conference room, whatever the case may be, where everybody is kind of interjecting their thoughts and whatnot, on a virtual team meeting, typically you get a lot of just everyone's kind of nodding their heads, okay, and watching you until you engage them to speak. So you are the center of attention. You are the focus. And they have to hear that in your voice. They have to hear the energy in your voice. They have to hear the inflection in your tone. They have to to know that you still have the ability to have fun at what you do, okay? To have a good, clean sense of humor, you know, to enjoy, you know, what we're doing, to empathize with what we're going through, but to still maintain that we can have accountability, okay, as we're working virtually, but we can still have fun. We can still enjoy, you know, what we do. And so this COVID-19 has unmasked a lot of leaders who were basically thinking that culture, again, was, you know, uh, was their was their office, was their ping pong tables, was their Starbucks coffee, okay? That was their culture. That is not what culture is. That is not what culture is for any single family. Culture is about love. Culture is about having someone's back. Culture is about empathizing with people and understanding what they go through. That's So when you're building a high-performance virtual team, if you don't work at those things, because it all starts with high-quality leadership, if you don't work at those things as a leader, okay? And as I started this, you know, long-winded, you know, conversation with you, you got thrown into the deep end, just like I got thrown into the deep end. You're going to learn. You're going to learn things that work. You're going to learn things that don't work. But you're also going to come to understand, okay, that you will get closer to people, actually. And it will be a really healthy thing. Like I said, you know, you've been in the corporate world just like I have. Uh, I spent a lot of time on airplanes and uh, spent a lot of times traveling during the week, especially when my family was really, really young. 
And my relationship with my family, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my kids was never anything than what it is now when I was away because I was engaged with them, engaged in their lives, uh, engaged with how they were doing, engaged with supporting them no differently. And so this idea that you have to be in front of somebody in order to manage them, in order to check on them, in order to see everything that they're doing or they're not doing, that is a leadership issue that's being unmasked right now. And it's going to be critical for organizations that they really not step up, but own up. Because, you know, when we ask people to step up, we ask them to kind of do more than they were doing before. That is not what's going on here, Mark. What's going on is organizations need to own up to this responsibility of what's happening right now with everybody who is who hasn't been virtual before okay this is new for them and they need to have confidence in their leadership that they're going to help them get through to the other side and nobody fell out of the box but it's time for everybody to own up to the responsibility and work at it because technology is not going to be the answer to, to leading a virtual team, to building a virtual team. People think that that's all it is, but it's not. It is how you use the technology. It is how you engage with the technology. You know, technology is never a replacement for the hard work that it takes to build a relationship. And that is all stakeholders, by the way. That's not only your internal stakeholders, you know, with your customers, with your with your internal customers, your employees, but that's your, your customer, your external stakeholders also. That's engaging with them the same way. Yeah, I, I really love what you say about it's culture is a whole lot about building relationships and and supporting people and having their back. Technology is just a way for you and I to talk, right? Um, right. Uh, but it's not the relationship, it's just the vehicle, right? So right. Uh, what's your advice for a new leader, new manager, really at any level, who's, so we, we're a couple months into this COVID thing, and and some companies are probably rethinking, well, do we keep our workforce out there uh, either for a longer period of time or indefinitely or some of the workforce? So because there isn't a playbook, just like uh, you didn't have one, people are having to figure it out as they go. For somebody who's kind of new to building a virtual team, what are a couple of things that you would say just from the get-go, just really pay, make sure you do this or don't do that. You know, just kind of from your uh, hard knocks experience. So I appreciate that question because it really speaks to the heart of this conversation because surrounding yourself with high integrity people, right? Surrounding yourself with people who not only perform, who are not only passionate, right? But who bring a level of integrity you know, to what they do is so critical here. Because the, the reality, Mark, is that, you know, if you're worried, if you're worried that your culture is going to get impacted negatively by, by, you know, what's happened, you're worried that, you know, your trust is going to get impacted, that empathy is going to get impacted, that your relationship is going to get impacted by this, then you, I would suggest to the people who are going through this, okay, you need to ask yourself a question and take a hard look in the mirror. Did you really have those things in the first place then? If that's what you're worried about, because the reality is, is that if you've surrounded yourself, okay, 
by people who are who are high character people, uh, high integrity people who by their nature, okay, know right from wrong, right? And you can trust that they know right from wrong. The common denominator, whether it's virtually or whether it's in a in an office environment, is um, who do you surround yourself with, right? You know, you can always tell somebody by the company they keep, right? It's not only the company they keep in terms of the people that surround them in terms of who they hire, but when I say the company they keep, it's also the organization that hired them, right? That is this a, a transactional organization without a purpose? Or is this a transformational organization whose mission, whose values and purpose remains the same? So my advice to people who are first starting out is you need to, to pay attention to, and you've heard me use this term before, to the digital exhaust, okay, that your team is kind of spewing out as they first kind of go virtual and start getting into this because you'll see it. You'll see the digital exhaust. You'll see uh, folks who are engaged on LinkedIn. You'll see them tuning into blogs like this and sharing information. If you're using a CRM, okay, like a Salesforce, you'll see them use the, the social media platform within Salesforce and talk about best practices on their Salesforce chatter. You'll see that they've engaged in internal uh, online trainings, right? You'll see them share information with other teammates across the country. No different if they were in a brick and mortar office location, you know, they will they will email somebody, hey, I saw this best practice or I saw this industry story uh, about what's happening with this particular car manufacturer, whatever the case may be. And they'll share those types of thing, things. And all of this digital exhaust that you see from your team that's coming out starts to help you build your your virtual senses, as I like to say, where, you know, you are now just kind of really in tune with who's engaged, okay, who is really working at learning, at becoming better, at growing, okay, They're not only their business, but growing them personally. This is a wonderful time, Mark, even if business is down, okay, this is sharpening the saw time for so many people. You have such an opportunity here to really get intellectually curious more than you ever were and start learning about so many new things, right? And you'll see that digital exhaust everywhere with people who are in a virtual world. If you're not seeing that digital exhaust, okay, there's an issue. And, and, and people do not have their hearts and their minds wrapped around this. And you as a leader, okay, it's your responsibility um, to get them to that place and to lead them to that place. And again, it's not an easy peasy thing to do. It, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time. And because physical presence does not equal performance now, does it? Right? It never has. And, and one of the things that, that has unmasked a lot of traditional office environments is what's gone, Mark? Okay. Politics are gone, right? There's 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 no clicks, there's no politics, there's no managing up. Okay. There's there's no, you know, fraternity or sorority groups anymore, you know, with, within the office environment. That is all gone away. 
okay? Now, this is all about every single person who matters within this organization. And by the way, that's how it always should have been, right? And so good economies hide a lot of problems, don't they? they absolutely. Good economies hide a lot of problems. And when the water level goes down, the rocks start to show. Don't the rocks they? start to show. Absolutely. So again, you know, someone who is building a virtual organization, they're going to really start to discover who are they surrounded themselves with. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're if you're surrounded by really good people who understand, you know, there's there's kind of there's there's always there's always three things that I like to say to people, Mark. And this is this is especially with building a virtual team. Um, Higher motivated people, okay? And that sounds like a simple statement, but a lot of people think that, you know, they, they hire people and then that it's their job to motivate them. I would suggest to you, it's not that way. You need to hire motivated people as they come into your organization. You're going to find out really quickly how motivated they are in the virtual world, okay? Now, the next part of that, the second part of that is, you have to continue to inspire them. You have to continue to, to, to make sure that they understand the purpose and the mission of your organization. Those things have not changed. Your purpose hasn't changed. Your, your mission has, hasn't changed. What you want to be someday and what you dream about being someday and what you want to, to mentor them and to coach them and to, and to improve their career and to create new leaders, none of that has changed, okay? The third part of that in terms of, you know, kind of advice of becoming a virtual leader is empower people, okay? Empower them and get out of their way, okay? And let them do what they've always done because it's going to be common practice that as people go through this that they're going to want to get in people's way because they can't see them. Because, because they can't control them. They can't micromanage them. They, they can't put their hands on everything that's going on within that office environment. So you truly need to empower people and get them out, get out of their way and let them do what they do best, okay? If you do those three things and you surround yourself by high-quality individuals, okay, you're going to be, I would submit to you, in a better place when you come out of this at the end because you truly will have a high-performing, you know, virtual culture, but you'll have a really a high-performing group of high-integrity people. Yeah. So what I hear is this can be a great opportunity to evaluate your leadership team and make sure that, that you do what you can to get them up to speed so that they're doing those things that you're talking about, surrounding themselves with high-quality people self-starters, you know, uh, character, inspiring them, and then empowering them. Uh, all those go back to leadership, don't they, Harry? I mean, is, isn't that the common denominator there? Yeah, it, it is the common denominator. And, you know, I, I've worked for some some really amazing mentors that I've, that I've had. And uh, I think one of the things that we fail to recognize in a virtual environment, which is so critical, is people still want to grow. They want to advance their careers, right? They want to know kind of, you know, um, am I going to have the ability 
to not only uh, make more money, okay, in my life, but am I going to be able to learn more? Am I going to be able to grow, you know, professionally? Am I going to be able to, to you know, improve my skill set? And or am I just basically just kind of stuck behind the computer here, okay? And everybody checks in on me virtually every now and then to make sure that I'm alive, okay? But nobody pays attention to my career growth, okay? And that is you know, what, what virtual leadership is all about. I don't know how we're, how we're doing on, on time here, Mark. I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll holler if I get too long-winded, but I remember, I'll give, I'll give you a quick story. In 2011, I had a manager in the Twin Cities in Minnesota who um, was pregnant with her first child. And she was going to go on, on maternity leave. And I remember thinking to myself, well, this is like on you know normally in an in an office environment you would have a you would have a baby shower right you know you you would you would get everybody together right mm-hmm. break bread and you know have her husband come and, and bring gifts right and you would celebrate that and uh, and I said you know we're, we're going to do that we're going to have the first virtual baby shower that I knew of that ever took place so I created a, a slide deck in which she thought she was coming to a meeting and I had communicated with her husband on the side, hey, this is what we're doing. I got the I got the corporate office involved and everybody's going to be on this, this virtual call and everyone's going to think that they're coming to a customer service webinar that I'm leading, but they're not. They're actually coming to a surprise virtual baby shower, okay? And and her husband then was going to take off work. And once the virtual baby shower started, you know, he was going to come into her office with the gifts that we had sent. Okay. And she was going to experience a baby shower just like anybody in an office would experience it. And um, in fact, I remember, I remember saying to her before the webinar started, I'm going to ask the question, what's the one thing customers hate? And I want you to answer me and say, Harry, customers hate surprises. They really hate negative surprises that happen. And then I'm, and and of course, unbeknownst to her, I'm going to launch into this. Well, the surprise here is it's your virtual baby shower. And we went through a whole presentation. Her husband had sent me photos, you know, kind of of her pregnancy as she went along. And uh, uh, then we had a top 10 list of things we were going to miss about her when she when she uh, was out on leave. Okay. Now, that takes leaders who basically have to think through, give it thought, try to not only think out of the box, okay, but think about what they can do, okay, to create the same type of emotional connection to the company, to who they are within the organization, to the brand, right, Mark? Okay, your your culture is your brand. And as a virtual leader, you are the representative of that brand. You want people to not only from, from your external customers to fall in love with your brand, you want your internal stakeholders, your teammates to fall in love with your brand, okay? And, and so you have to basically start saying, what can I do to create a similar experience and have that same emotional connection as you would in an office environment? And by the way, 
it worked. I mean, it, it went over fabulously, okay? And so I would suggest to your audience, start thinking about creative ways, okay, that you can basically uh, do things that are really, in, in some you know, respect, quite simple. Just think about less from your head. Start thinking about more from your heart in terms of your virtual team. Because at the end of the day, if you want your virtual teammates to really charge, to really run, to really perform, they're going to do that to a leader that they love, a leader that they care about, a leader that they know has their back, okay? And you have to show them with those types of examples that you're that person. And once you have that and you have that connection and you've enhanced that connection, okay, that's what's going to happen, and that's what you're going to have at the other on the other side of this. You're going to have a higher performing team. And by the way, the people that are not up to meeting you at that bar that you set, you're not going to have to manage them out, quote unquote. They're going to take themselves out because one of the things that low performing people or people that that really don't want to step up to, they see everybody else around them, okay, kind of stepping up and doing those things, okay, and they stick out like a sore thumb within that culture. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, Just so many great tips there. I'm writing and can't keep up. There's so much good stuff there. So uh, last question I always ask folks, Harry, as a graduate of the School of Hard Knocks that you and I are, greatest lesson along your career journey? That's a great question, Mark. People will often hear me say this. I grew up modestly in my life to blue-collar parents who worked hard and, you know, came from a family of, of five. And what I've learned, you know, throughout my career is, is take your business seriously. You know, it's important what you do, okay? Helping customers, um, you know, helping each other as teammates. Um, those are things that are all important, right? But but especially now through with COVID-19, the, 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 the sadness of not making your budget this year, okay? The sadness of being behind your plan, the sadness of making a little bit less money does not compare to the sadness other people are going through right now in terms of all the loss of life, right, that we've experienced. There's no comparison. And whether, you know, when somebody, you know, loses a father, a mother, you know, a brother, a sister, a, a husband or a wife, a child, okay, there is not anything as devastating as, as that, okay? And so take your business seriously. Don't take yourself so seriously, I suggest to people, especially now as they're going through this, that remember what it was when you first started a new job. Remember what it was when you first started building your business, okay? The, the interesting thing, part about that, Mark, is what people forget is how much fun that climb was, how much fun the building part of it was. And uh, I mean, it really was, you know, the, the war stories that you went through to get to where you got and, and, and to climb that mountain, the one thing this will, th- this will do is it will level the playing field a little bit, right? And so 
you know, the spirit that you have when you start a new business or you start a new venture or you start a new job, whatever the case may be, is that you green light everything. You see everything in a positive light. You see everything that you can accomplish. You never, you know, there, there's there's nothing that anything can be written on Glassdoor that's going to make you go, you know what, you know, these four or five people, you know, uh, they hated this organization, so I'm going to hate it too. No, that's not what you think. You're there for a reason because you believe, okay, and you think that basically you're going to make a difference, that you're going to make an impact, okay? Now, you start it again. And so nothing's changed. You're going to have to work a little bit harder. You're going to have to go back a few steps. But understand, okay, that not only will you not feel that you'll get there, okay, you'll be stronger for it when you get there and you come out on the other side of it, but you'll learn that taking yourself too seriously and thinking that you are someone who is, you know, kind of Steve Jobs, you know, uh, in disguise, you know, that you are the entrepreneur who built all this stuff and this is the vision of yourself that you've created and all of a sudden you're looking in the mirror and you're not that vision anymore, okay, that's okay. You never were that vision. Remember who you are. Remember where your roots are, okay? Don't take yourself that seriously. And when you don't take yourself so seriously and you take helping people seriously and you get that focus correct of where it should be and you're more other person-centered and you're, you're more all about being a servant leader and helping others and it becomes less about you and more about the other person, once you get to that place, you'll love that place because the byproduct of that is going to be, you're probably going to make more money, okay? You're going to help a lot of people. You're going to touch a lot of people. You're going to mentor a lot of people. Uh, And I would leave you with this, Mark. You know, I would tell your audience to focus less about being successful, okay? When you build your virtual team, Focus more on being significant. Yeah, that yeah. I would leave that as a takeaway to you because if you're significant, as opposed to being successful, if you if you put the, the emphasis in the right place, people will appreciate that you made a significant impact in their lives. Yeah, I love that punchline because how I take what you're saying is when I focused on success, that's about me. When I'm focused on significance, it's about my team. Correct. So I I really appreciate that. So, Harry, uh, thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom, for your experience. Uh, This conversation is just chock full of rich stuff for people who are new at uh, leading virtual teams, who've done it for a while and kind of want to own up, to use your term. So thank you so much. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Have a great day. Yeah, you bet. Folks, thanks for listening. Remember that great podcasts are the new MBA. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us on Real Business in Real Time with executive coach Dr. Mark Hinderleiter. Be sure to connect with Mark Hinderleiter on LinkedIn, check out his leadership tip of the week, and subscribe to this podcast on the app of your choice. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.